Amen. Well, great words of truth. You can be seated. And it is a real privilege of mine to introduce our speaker this afternoon, Carly. Uh, Carly is completing her theological studies through Malian College. And as part of that, she does a preaching subject, which is coming up towards the end of her course. And so we are blessed to have Carly sharing. Carly's mum and dad, Mel and Kathy, were actually one of the founding couples, the six couples that were sent out from Ashgrove Baptist Church to start here. Carly's grown up in this church. And I know many of you have come out especially just to hear Carly's message um, today. So can we give Carly a really, really big welcome as she comes to share God's Word with us. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Well, good afternoon. It is such a privilege to be able to share with you all this afternoon how good it is to worship our God. And I think this is the fullest service I have seen since a pre-COVID time, so my heart's full of faith. Um, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Carly. My parents and my sister uh, and my grandparents are here today too. Um, But I just, I have a a deep love and heart for God. And as I've studied his word, it is my prayer that the message that he has impacted me with will impact you today. And so I'd like you to pray with me before we open up God's word. Father God, we commit ourselves to you this afternoon. We invite you by your Holy Spirit to come. Speak into our hearts today. We come expectant, ready to hear from your words. So I pray that as we speak now, you would anoint my words with you and speak by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder whether you're the same as me. Do you ever look at the world around you and wonder, why does God allow suffering? For the Christian, it can be even harder. Why does a good God allow suffering? What good could possibly come from it? The Christian is not immune from suffering. Many of you today will experience suffering in your life. And if you're not experiencing suffering at present, Throughout your life, whether in the past or in the future, you will experience suffering. Suffering is common to the human experience. You may be experiencing suffering in your health. Your body will not allow you to do the things you wanted to. You are constantly in pain. Life is a daily battle. You may be experiencing suffering through added layers of anxiety. The coronavirus pandemic has only added to this crippling sense of fear and anxiety you have about the future. You may be experiencing suffering in relationships, carrying the burden of isolation or estrangement, tension or family feuds. There may seem like no way forward. You may be experiencing suffering financially or in the workplace, the loss of a job, insecurity about the future, living from week to week. You may be experiencing suffering for being a Christian. Sometimes there seems to be no hope for the future. We all, at some time or another, experience suffering. In light of this, many of us begin to wonder what difference our faith makes in the midst of suffering. When I was a volunteer chaplain at an aged care home, a friend of mine who was an atheist suicidal and severely depressed, said to me, you're a young Christian and I'm an old man. What difference does your faith make to you in suffering? So, what is the Christian to do about suffering? 
how are we to approach it in light of our faith? This was something the Apostle Paul had grappled with. Paul was familiar with suffering. He constantly experienced persecution, beating, and imprisonment for his faith. In the book of Romans, Paul dedicates the first four chapters to describe how we have been made right with God. He then goes on to draw out the implications of this restored relationship. In the examined passage today, we will see how salvation by faith in Christ touches us at the deepest level and speaks into the problem of human suffering. I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles or Bible apps to Romans 5, 1 to 5, to read it with me. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So what does Paul say we are to do about suffering? We are to rejoice in suffering because of what we have in Christ because of what suffering produces in us, and because God has poured his love into our hearts. The first point is that we are to rejoice in suffering because of what we have in Christ. Paul begins this new section by triumphantly declaring three blessings we enjoy in Christ. Peace with God, access into grace, and the hope of the glory of God. But what, what do these blessings mean? And what difference do they make in the face of suffering? The first blessing celebrated is peace with God. We have received reconciliation. Once we were in a state of hostility with God, God and the human sinner were enemies. But while we were enemies, God reconciled us to himself through the work of Christ. The relationship is no longer impeded by sin. Peace has been established. We can now enjoy fellowship with God. The second blessing celebrated is that through Christ, we have gained access into this grace in which we now stand. Now, imagine that I wanted to visit the Queen. In a pre-COVID time, I couldn't just rock up to Buckingham Palace and say, I'm here to see the Queen. No guard in their right mind would grant me access. But if I knew a member of the nobility who would be willing to introduce me to the Queen, because of their merit, perhaps I could gain access. In the same way, Christ introduces the forgiven sinner to God. Through him, we have gained access. We are able to permanently stand in the realm of God's grace. And it is in this place of unparalleled privilege that we receive the vast array of blessings conveyed to us by God in Christ. The final blessing looks to the future. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
But rather than being some abstract characteristic only God possesses, the glory of God is a characteristic we will share in one day. Let us look at our present bodies for a moment. They are characterised by pain, ageing and decay. We are mortal, limited creatures. We can't help but wonder, is this as good as it's going to get? By saying that we have the hope of the glory of God, Paul is saying that we have the hope of being restored to the state of God-likeness. Humanity is lost because of sin. We will have a perfectly glorified resurrection body, just like Jesus when he rose from the dead. Our glorified bodies will not suffer or see decay. We can be certain of this hope because it is based on the completed work of Christ. Now, I might say to you today, I really hope that the Brisbane Lions will win the AFL Grand Final. But just because I really want them to win doesn't mean that they actually will. My hope could be in vain. Let's hope not, but anyway. When Paul says that we have the hope of the glory of God, what he means is that he is joyfully confident in this hope. Because we have been justified, we will be glorified. God will complete his work of salvation in us. In the face of COVID-19, which has reminded us so vividly of our mortality, the knowledge that the limitations of our physical body is not all there is, animates this hope. We await the time when our present sufferings will be no more. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. But gifts have a way of being taken for granted. When I was a little girl, my sister and I desperately wanted a doll. Amazing Amy. Amazing Amy was not just any doll. You could feed her, change her. She would respond to you, cry like a real baby. Our lives would be better with Amazing Amy in it. We would be the envy of our friends. But when Christmas morning came and we unwrapped Amazing Amy, she soon began to lose her luster. I am ashamed to say, and I apologise to my parents, within the first hour, I grew tired of Amazing Amy. <laughs> I began to take her for granted. In the same way, we can take these blessings God has gifted us with in Christ for granted. We can fail to celebrate them each day and let them transform our lives. Instead of putting no effort into our relationship with God, we should seek to deepen its intimacy by spending time in the Word of God, reading our Bibles, engaging in spiritual disciplines, and spending time with God in prayer. Instead of acting as though everything we achieve is by our own merit, we should ask God's grace to pervade every aspect of our lives, at home, at work, study, in our relationships, and as we become more dependent on God's grace, we should rejoice in his gracious provision of a job, of a car park, 
of an answer to prayer. Instead of acting as if this world is all there is and getting frustrated by the limitations of our present bodies, we must fix our eyes on the hope which is to come, of sharing the glory of God. We are to rejoice because of what we have in Christ. After celebrating these wonderful blessings we have in Christ, it is easy to think the Christian will experience an easy, painless, and carefree existence. But as we know, that's not the reality we face. Life can be painfully hard. The enemy constantly tries to attack our relationship with God through suffering. Where is God in the midst of suffering? Let us turn back to Romans 5 to see what scripture says. Not only so, but we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. The second point is that we are to rejoice in suffering because of what suffering produces in us. In our world, the statement rejoice in suffering is radical. People go to painstaking lengths to avoid suffering. But Paul says we are to rejoice in suffering. Suffering does not contradict our experience of standing in the grace of God. Instead, suffering is the condition in which God's grace is most powerfully experienced. When we run into the arms of God in our suffering, we become dependent on God's grace. I want to make something very clear. Paul is saying that we are to rejoice in the midst of suffering, not in suffering itself. We are to rejoice in the midst of suffering, not in suffering itself. We are able to rejoice in suffering because we know what suffering will produce in us. We know what God will accomplish through it. Suffering is the gateway to present maturity and future glory. We can rejoice in suffering because suffering firstly produces perseverance. Think of the endurance of an athlete. A marathon runner is able to run a race because they know and anticipate the finish line. Spiritual endurance knows and anticipates the finish line. It runs steadfastly towards it. This resolve is made even stronger by suffering. Perseverance, in turn, leads to character. This is a tested character that is made and validated through suffering. Like gold is proved by testing it with fire, the believer is proved by testing them with suffering. Our faith is made real in suffering. With perseverance, this tested character ultimately leads to hope, a dynamic, forward-looking expectation of great things to come. It is in our suffering that we most clearly recognise that the world is not the way God intended it to be. Suffering was not something God created. It is a consequence of Adam and Eve's sin. But suffering will be no more in the future kingdom when we will experience the glory of God. How we yearn for that day in the face of suffering. Now, I'm no athlete, 
but recently I've been doing some weight training to increase my strength. In my first session, my coach gave me some weights to try. At the time, I felt fine. My muscles didn't hurt at all. But the next morning, I woke up and I said to myself, why are my arms so sore? What did I do to my shoulders? I then remembered my resistance training. Just as resistance to a muscle strengthens it, so challenges to our hope can strengthen it. We rejoice in suffering by clinging to the grace of God. It's when we come before the Lord each day, asking him to strengthen us, provide for us, walk with us in this day ahead, that we come to experience God's grace more deeply as we depend on him. The Christian must never give up in the face of suffering. The knowledge that God is with us won't abandon us and will one day make us godlike, enables us to persevere in the challenges of life. We are to rejoice in suffering because we know what suffering produces in us. Perseverance, character, and hope. When going through trials, we can know about the ultimate hope we have in Christ of sharing in the glory of God. But in the midst of suffering, this hope can seem abstract and distant. You might say to me, it's good to know that one day I will not suffer, but today I am suffering. What is the hope that we can tangibly experience in the here and now? In verse 5, Paul writes, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. The third point is that we are to rejoice in suffering because God has poured his love into our hearts. God wants to leave us in no doubt about his love for us. He provides us with subjective certainty. The Holy Spirit dwelling in the heart of the believer communicates God's love to them. God does not just mete out his love for us in tiny measure. He has extravagantly poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. This love takes possession of us. It is conveyed to our sensations. The hope derived in suffering is certain because it is based on God's love made real to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit seals our hope. He is the guarantee of things to come. We rejoice in suffering because God has poured his love into our hearts. Maybe today you've never experienced God pour his love into your heart. The hope that we can have in suffering is an abstract concept to you. You've never known it before. Well, today you can experience the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe today you are in a season of deep suffering. The trials are relentless. Life just seems so hard. You are here today because God wants to declare to you, he loves you. He loves you. He cares for you. And he wants to minister to you by his Holy Spirit. 
You may have been on the journey of faith for a while, but today God wants to pour his Holy Spirit into your life afresh. You may be sitting there and thinking, what right have I, a young Christian woman, to talk to you about suffering? And you would be right. Many of you here today will have experienced suffering in ways I cannot even imagine. The authority of my sermon today is based on the authority of the Word of God. Its message is grounded in Scripture. But the deep hope and joy birthed out of suffering is something I can attest to. I can truly say to you that we are able to rejoice in suffering. Twelve years ago, my life drastically changed. While previously a healthy teenager, I became debilitatingly ill with a crippling illness. As I grew progressively worse, I had to be pulled out of mainstream school. I became bedridden, a shadow of my former self. I could do nothing in my own strength. But as each system of my body was slowly failing me, I was beginning to learn what it meant to depend on God's grace. I needed God's help to do absolutely everything, even swallow medication or get out of bed to go to the toilet. One night I can remember crying out to God, deeply at peace, saying, Jesus, whether I live or die, my life is yours. I felt each system of my body shut down, like each switch had individually and progressively been switched off. I was functioning no more. Total blackness encompassed my being. In the moments that followed, I can recall seeing myself lying in my bed, but I was not in my body anymore. Death didn't have the victory, Christ did, for he truly saved me from the clutches of death. In the months and then 10 years that have followed, I have remained chronically ill and have had frequent brushes with death, particularly in the last 12 months. I know I'm living on borrowed time. While my life has been different from many others my age, deprived of most rites of passage or worldly hopes for the future, I've experienced God in a way that is only possible through suffering. I am able to say that I am grateful for the life God has blessed me with. I've had the privilege of having to depend on God in ways that most people my age and in our culture never get to experience. To be so dependent on God to survive each day is a gift. For however long he will give me and whatever capacity, my life is his. I have the deep hope of knowing the love God has for me. Any day he could heal me. And one day he will restore me into his image. So, what are we to do in suffering? We are to rejoice in suffering. Because of what we have in Christ. Because of what suffering produces in us. 
and because God has poured his love into our hearts. God does not deny the reality of our suffering. It is real and it pains him to see us suffer. But that is why he intervened in sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to provide us with the assurance and hope that one day there will be no more suffering. But for now, God can use our suffering to form us into the image of Christ. God can use our suffering to make us more dependent on him. God can use our suffering to develop in us the ability to persevere in trials, strengthen character, deepen maturity. God can use our suffering to awaken hope for the glorious future that awaits us in Christ and to remind us of his love for us. God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. As we've studied Romans 5, 1 to 5 together, God has highlighted to me the incredible hope and joy we have in Christ. It is my prayer that today many of us would renew our hope in God and find ways to rejoice in what we have throughout the week. You may have noticed that under each chair is a piece of paper and pen. As we conclude our service in a time of worship, I'd like to encourage you to pick it up. Write down a few words to remind you of the things God has gifted you with that you are grateful for. Take time to rejoice in what you have in Christ. And as you reflect on these blessings, let God renew your hope in him. I'm also aware that some of you here today are in a season of deep suffering. You are here today because God wants to declare to you he loves you. He wants you to know this reality and grasp hold of it. If that is you today, I just love to be able to pray for you, that the Spirit of God would come upon you and fill you with God's love afresh. In a couple of moments, while heads are bowed in prayer, I'm going to offer an opportunity for you to respond. But then, if you'd like, during the worship song, feel free to come up the front. The pastoral team or I would be honoured to pray for you. What to the world may seem impossible has been made possible in Christ. We are to rejoice in suffering. Will you pray with me? Father God, we come before you this afternoon so grateful for your love for us. Thank you for the deep blessings we have in Christ, that we are able to commune with you, that you have poured your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. As we sit in your presence, we want to renew our hope in you. Take a moment to rejoice in what you have. Would you strip us of the worldly hopes we have and fill us with the hope that comes only from you? We fix our gaze on you, Lord Jesus. We invite you, Lord Jesus, to come and renew our hope in you as we fix our eyes on the glorious future that awaits us in Christ. <laughs> 
how we yearn for that day when there will be no more suffering. Come, Lord Jesus, come. If today you are going through a season of deep suffering, I'd like to invite you, while heads are bowed, to raise your hand. Father God, I thank you that you see these ones. You will know exactly what they are going through. You care for them. You love them. I pray that your Spirit of God would come and wash over them. Would they know the deep comfort that comes from you, the peace, the hope that comes from knowing you. I pray that your Holy Spirit would pour over them and pour your love into their hearts. As your love washes over them, would you fill them with your peace? Thank you, Lord, that in your grace, we are able to rejoice in suffering. We look to you, Lord Jesus, and renew our hope in you. In your name we ask and pray. Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's put our hands together as we give thanks for the incredible hope that we have in Jesus. What a powerful message. I'm sure you would all agree. And I'm just aware of the fact that maybe you're here this afternoon and as Carly was sharing that about the comfort, the hope that is found, about to rejoice in suffering. Maybe you're sitting here going, oh, I've, I've never known that. I've never known the comfort of God in the midst of suffering. I've never known what it means to have a living hope. Well, I want to tell you that you can know that. Just as Carly has testified to, to this afternoon, you can know that in your own life. And it comes through a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father, which is made possible through Jesus and what He's done for us on the cross. The Bible tells us that Jesus was a man of sorrows, familiar with suffering on the cross. He suffered so that we might have life, eternal hope in Him. And you can know that this afternoon. And so if that's you, if you came with someone, just say, hey, I want to know more about that. I want to find out more. Talk, talk to Carly or myself or one of the pastors. We'd love to help you on that journey and pray for you. And if you have a need this afternoon, do come and be prayed for. We'd love to pray for you to encourage you as we do the journey together, not on our own, but together as his people, as part of his family. Let me pray a blessing as we conclude our service. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for these words of hope and truth. Oh, Lord, we are so blessed today to know this great God. And we pray, I pray now, Lord, that you administer into each and every heart and life here today, Lord. Each and every one that you care so deeply about, Lord. All the details you know, the wrestles of our hearts, Lord. The struggles we may be enduring right now, Lord, you know them all. You see them. And your word says that you are the God of all comfort, the Father of compassion, as we heard this morning in our message as well. And so, Lord, draw near, pour out your blessing, we pray, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Church, can we thank Carly? Wasn't that a blessing? Thank you, Carly, so much for sharing with us. You can be seated. Please be seated. And thank you so much for sharing with us. As I mentioned, if you want prayer, do come. We'd love to pray for you, but God bless you. We look forward to seeing you next week.